Today is the 12th day of Christmas. Is that funny to think? Did you know that, that it starts on Christmas? So today is 12 days after Christmas, but we're not going to do a Christmas talk. But I do want to reflect on, hopefully you were here during the course of December, or you checked out some of the talks online, and you were able to enjoy Christmas, have some time where you were able to, to thank God for the peace that he's brought into your life as we focused on that peace that would guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, and that Jesus is the gift of peace, and, uh, and, and we get to really start the, the year on a strong note, having that peace ultimately, and as Jaden mentioned, today's kind of a page turner in Open Life's history. We've been meeting in this space since August of 2011, so while we'll still be using this space for the kids, it's like... Uh, uh, really an opportunity for us to, to reimagine some things for Open Life next week. And, and actually, after we end the service today, we're going to be uh, doing a quick setup and teardown event with those that are we're joining us. So we're excited for what the future holds. The best is certainly yet to come. And uh, we are grateful that the Seahawks game was a little later than early today. And uh, I thought they wouldn't have a game today, but you know how that played out. Good news is everybody's got a chance because the Patriots lost. Okay, anyway. Um, how, how fun is football? It's really fun. Hey, before we dive into this series, which is fittingly called 10 because Open Life turns 10 this next week. Um, uh, we're gonna we're 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 going to jump into really a foundational talk, a talk today that would help us lay the foundation for whatever God has planned for each of you this year. And as I was actually studying for the last series, uh, I landed on on this segment of of text in Colossians four, verses two through six that made me go, "Oh man, that's an opening, that's an opening year." Uh, talk right there that would lay a foundation for what God wants to do in us this year, the next 10 years. And uh, so I was, I was excited to, to bring this to you um, uh, today before you head home and say, you know, go Hawks or, or what's left of them. Go, go what's left of the Hawks, right? And cheer the Hawks on. And uh, I, I'm pumped, but it says this in Colossians 4, 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Now, that's not an easy thing to say. If you were that author, Paul, in prison, in chains, encouraging the church to make the most of every opportunity. He saw this moment in his life while he was in chains as an opportunity to make Jesus known. Welcome home, Violet. I'm just going to call you out. Is that okay? Can I say welcome home? Uh, you were kind of physically in chains for a while, right? In the recent months and season of your life. 
but God was able to use you in sharing the message of Jesus. I mean, we all have moments where we're struggling. We find ourselves in a season where we're in chains, but are we making the most of that season or are we just getting mad? Not working out, right? So Paul's writing that. And as we spend a month looking back and giving praise to God for what he's done so far, as we spend time looking forward and dreaming of what he has for our future, we got to realize it all begins with, with prayer and what we do in our heart during that season of prayer. This, we've got some foundational work to do. And one of the most convicting questions, probably, uh, how is your prayer life? How's it going talking to God? Are you, are you putting it all there before him and saying, okay, God, I've done everything I can do. I need you. Or even, Lord, just help this day go awesome. It's often one of the most neglected disciplines in our lives. And so we got to challenge ourselves in this area. Our big idea today is pray for opportunities to speak about Jesus. Now, this is, this is an intriguing angle that Paul takes here in Colossians because he's not just challenging the disciples to pray for opportunities to make Jesus known. He's specifically challenging the churches and the church, uh, uh, the Colossian church, he's challenging them to actually move from just knowing Jesus to speaking about Jesus. And I think that can be intimidating for some, right? Not just opportunities, but the challenge was actually to start talking about this mystery called grace, this mystery of God loves you, this mystery that he wants everybody to be on mission with making known. The opportunities abound around us. The question is, if we see them, right? God's always at work. It says that we are his, his workmanship created to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. That's just free. It's not in your notes. It's in Ephesians. And I, I just look at, that's what, that's what God is doing. He's, he wants us to go out and be this clear, beautiful demonstration of his love to everybody around us. Does your life exemplify that of one who is a follower of Jesus? Do your conversations drip love for others? Do they, do they help people look at your words? Can they read or hear your words? I appreciated Jaden's prayer. Uh, do, can they read or, or overhear your words when you're talking amongst friends and still feel like you love them? It's an interesting question because we're not talking about prepared speeches here. We're talking about conversations. Paul was challenging the Colossians that in their conversations they would be gracious and they would be attractive and they would make the most of the opportunities around them. I've told this story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, congratulations. Uh, we're uh, taking a bunch of students a while back. So this had to have been like 12 years ago or 11 years ago. Uh, we, we took them on this missions trip kind of down through Oregon and California and then to San Francisco and then back up. And on our way back, we stopped in Portland. There were some ministries to the homeless there, and we decided to partner with one of them as like the final moment of this uh, uh, missions trip. And, and we're, we sent teams out to do different projects. When we got there, they kind of broke us up into segments, and, and some were... 
uh, handing out socks. I think that's the team I was with. Some were uh, handing out food, sandwiches, and different things. It was in the evening. And some were washing feet, because it's in the Bible. And I know Jesus loves me because he put me on the sock team. But anyway, we were, uh, you know, they were, there were people washing feet. There were people doing all kinds of outreaches. Well, the awkward part of this is we all met together afterwards, after we had done, gone around the city and done outreach. We met in the park, right, in the, the middle of Portland. And uh, they finished washing feet. That's where the feet washing stations were. And we kind of all met right in a huddle in the middle. And all those people that we served were, were right there in the park with us, hanging out. And the director of the outreach, all was good until this moment when the director of the outreach was like, thank you guys so much for coming and serving these horrible sinners in this city. And, I'm, and we're all like, you know, they can, they can hear you, right? Something really like the tension, the awkwardness, just you could feel it instantly. Uh, he's like, you know, it's just, these are really the scum of the city. And he's just like, I mean, it was brutal. The words, like, it wasn't nice. I forget the exact words, but everybody down to the youngest student on the trip with us was like, that wasn't okay, right? Like, what just happened there? And so it was really weird because what people overheard was not a gracious and attractive conversation about the love for people in that park. It was more of like, you know, way to go. You've loved and served people God hates. We're like, well, that's not, the bo- that's not true. And so it was an awkward moment. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation like that where you've, you've understood somebody was overhearing something that was really awkward and you felt awkward. That was one in my mind that I could feel the most awkward about. How do you avoid this? How can we live in a better way where people, when they look on our life from the outside, see a gracious people? A loving people, people who don't hate serving, but are quick to serve. And, and uh, some insights from this Colossians text, I think, will guide us of what God wants us to do to make an impact in the community and the world around us. So thought one, we need to be alert for the opportunities. Alert for the opportunities. Interesting, prayer with an alert mind. I love that phrasing in the New Living Translation here. It's not just pray for your pastor to be alert. Man, we got these pastors at Open Life that are, man, they go out there. Awesome. They're going to share Jesus. And I'm going to invite Pete. None of you talk like this, so I hope. Uh, anyway, and so I can bring people to church. They've done all the work. People are going to hear Jesus. And uh, it's like that's not, the mission isn't come and, and we're going to go get stories to tell you about sharing Jesus. It's we're coming to equip you and send you out to speak about Jesus. And in fact, he, Paul makes it really clear. And maybe he was having this issue uh, because he, he makes it clear when he says, And pray for us too. So the first instruction about spending time in prayer with an alert mind was for you. It was for me. It was for the whole church. All of us. It's our reminder 
that we are people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You're the people that are leading the people. And we need to get past that, whatever it is that prevents us from saying anything about our faith when we have an opportunity to say it. And so the groundwork is that we would pray for an alert mind so we could see those opportunities. So that we could have that mindset of, man, I am going to have an opportunity today. I want to be alert today. I used to be discipled by this gal that would say that we are Jesus with skin on. Jesus, like we might be the only representation of Jesus that somebody will encounter in their life. So are we going to go out today and live as Jesus with skin on because he, he, he resurrected and he's alive in us and through us, but we're, we're the representation of Jesus. How are we representing? Prayer is where we prepare our mind to be alert for the opportunities God will bring our way each day. Personally, I like the alert mindset ultimately I think this, these, are, these are great prayers for the morning. Um, first thing when you wake up, to, to just spend a moment. It's like tuning the radar of your life ultimately to the opportunities God's going to bring your way. And, and, you know, he challenges us. Luke 10, 23 says, um, make sure I didn't turn. Two pages. I didn't. There we go. Uh, he challenges us. He says, then when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and said, blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. He's always challenging. Jesus is always challenging us for, to have eyes that would see and ears that would hear and minds that would know. And he says, we're blessed if we can see, if we're alert, right? So many times I feel that the best time of day I could pray to be alert is in the morning. And these prayers might look like this. Um, they might look like just simple. God, I just pray that you would help me take advantage of every opportunity today. Give me eyes that would see and ears that would hear. I'm often praying that. Mind that would know. Because I don't want to pass those opportunities. I don't want to reflect on my life and go, oh, oh my goodness, that was one of those moments. And I was, I was in another zone. So this is the preparing, the alertness. It begins with a, a morning prayer. It begins with, it could be evening too. Lord, today I reflect and, and I just look at what you've been able to do through me. I give you thanks. But God, I pray for tomorrow that it would be even a better day. I know your mercies are new every day. One of the most embarrassing or sobering moments of evening prayer is recorded right before the end of Jesus' life. He was enjoying the Last Supper moment. It's we do communion, as Jaden said. We'll do it at the end of this, this month during our worship and prayer day. And, and, uh, and he celebrated the first communion, ultimately broke bread and shared uh, a drink with all the disciples and said, this is my body, this is my blood. And that whole moment happened. And, and then Jesus gets away to pray. And he would often go and, and away and pray from his disciples. And, and one of the places he frequented, I'm sure, is the Gethsemane. And he takes a few of his disciples with him. And the next day, or that night, ultimately, he's, he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be handed over, and he's going to be crucified the next day. And so he's like, 
this wrestling moment of battling the flesh. Do I obey my father all the way to death to take upon myself the sins of the world and, and, and then conquer death, hell, and, and the grave over the next three days? He's like in this eternal battle moment. And he wants some people on his side. And so he says to his disciples, I'm going to go over here and pray. You stay here and you pray. Watch and pray. And I'll be back. And Jesus wanders over to pray. And he's wrestling with God. He's praying so hard, he's like sweating blood as you read the whole text. And he comes back an hour later. And his disciples were, were napping. <laughs> they were like full on. Look at this. Matthew 26, 40 says, He returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus challenged these guys to only one hour, just pray, and finds them asleep in a moment when he needed them. He needed the prayer of his people. He, eternity was in the balance. And I just have this sense in my spirit that eternity is still in the balance for a lot of people in our community. And sometimes we sleep on this thing called prayer. In fact, some of us name our beds prayer so that if we sleep in, oh, it's just spending time in prayer, you know? Sorry I'm late, spending time in prayer. I don't know if you've ever pulled that one off or not, but I've attempted. Uh, but eternity's in the balance. You would statistically look at our community and over 80% of people around us do not have a relationship with Jesus. We're in the Northwest. This is the largest nun zone in our country. What does that mean? If somebody fills out a religious survey and asks, which religion are you? They check the box, none. That percentage of people declaring none is increasing faster than the percentage of people declaring Jesus as Lord. We're losing the percentage game. Eternity is in the balance of our alertness and our prayer that God would use us to share Jesus, to speak about his mysterious work inside of each of us, which is unique. God knows each of you have a story, and you've gone through different seasons, and you're going to relate to different people he's going to bring in your path in a way that if we just commissioned one person to go out and talk to everybody in the community, they just wouldn't touch the heart of individuals. God needs all of us on mission, sharing, alert, each of us has unique words to speak that are going to result in people having a different eternal experience, finding Jesus. Thought two, and it's a lot like thought one, prayerfully, we need to be prayerfully ready for opportunities. What is, what, what is that? That's the same as alert, Thad. That's like two, two points that are the same. Well, kind of, kind of, but ultimately I think this is being, being ready before the moment, ultimately, 
Uh, Ephesians 6.19 says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. We need to be praying before the moments versus praying in the moment. Because then we'll let the moment pass. It's that, oh man, this is, a, this is an opportunity. Lord, give me the words to say. Way easier to wake up in the morning, say, God, help me make the most of every opportunity today. And uh, when the opportunity arises, you're like, bing, this is it, ready. I'm prayerfully ready because I prayed up before I showed up, right? The courage comes in the preparation, not in the moment. So it's simple prayers like, God, let me see what you see today. Dangerous prayer, actually, I think. These are the, I'm just giving you some of my, what I would just impromptu pray, but that's dangerous. Because you know what you find yourself doing if you see the things God sees. You'll start to break. It'll start messing you up when you see somebody who, who, who you just needs a little love in their life. And you'll just go, oh man, I can't go to bed tonight until I make a difference here. Right? How about, God, give me a love for those I see today that I may make the most of every opportunity. Or God, give me the words to say. It's easy to look back at yesterday and go, I, I, I missed that one. Now, thinking back, I know I didn't, didn't get that. So, God, give me, give me the words to say. God, I pray for those at Open Life who are finding themselves in moments to love and serve others today. Let them be ready for those opportunities with a willing heart, and may they make an eternal impact on those they serve. We need to pray for each other. Pray for our own readiness. Pray for each other's readiness because we can make a difference in people's lives if we'll serve them, if we'll love them. Communities will be different because of it. Prayer in preparation. And prayer should never cease, obviously. Scripture talks about that. But we need to prayer and pray in preparation. During this time, pray for each other. Pray for the church to be active in the community. And I think sometimes even, you know, we pray for our pastors. We pray for our leaders. But we need to pray for each other. We're people leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus. The early church grew daily. It says that they grew daily, those who were being saved, daily. People were just sharing about Jesus. And we should be daily ready, daily sharing, daily loving. Not as if we arrived, but totally genuinely, which is, brings up this, this third thought. We need to be clear, or as it's worded here, be clear with your words in life. Be clear with your words in life. First Peter 3 says, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life 
you live because you belong to Christ. Let your life and words align so that the clarity of your message is the example you're living. If you claim perfection after coming and exploring Jesus for a couple weeks, you're going to confuse people around you. That's where the, the accusation of hypocrite comes, and, and, and none of us want to be called a hypocrite. Uh, tell people where you're at. Be real with people. I remember being a new follower of Jesus and just going, I do not have everything followed out, figured out, but I do know this. Whatever I'm experiencing right now in this church on Sundays is, is like a positive impact on my life beyond what I've ever experienced. I couldn't even explain it. I didn't know how to present Jesus. I didn't memorize a script of how to present Jesus or lead someone to the Lord. I was just leading them to, to experience the same thing I was experiencing. That's called witnessing. And Jesus challenged his disciples to pray so that they would wait on the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to witness. That's why I'm praying for you. That's what we need to be praying for each other. Just an honesty with where we're at, but yet that will actually speak, right? We'll use the opportunities we have to speak clearly about what God is doing in our life. I've been going to church the past few months, and, and it's making a positive impact in my life. It's that easy. I've been exploring Jesus and have really been inspired. You don't have to know doctrinally what Jesus did and, and how he resurrected and, and what all these questions we get in our mind. Oh, but then they're going to ask me this and they're going to ask me about that. And they're going to use a big word like propitiation and then incarnation. And then, you know, we get all these. If you've been around church people, they like to like prove how smart they are by big wording it. And, and it's like if you're sharing Jesus with people who don't know him, they're not going to throw a big word at you because they don't know him. Just love people. I found peace in my life that is impossible to explain outside of inviting you to church to experience Jesus with me. Pretty, pretty easy, ultimately. While meeting with a group of Afghani refugees this last summer in Indonesia, they talked about how dark and purposeless their lives felt in the refugee camps there, which they average, I think, if I remember right, they spend 16 years. Was it 16 years in the refugee system? So uh, we're, we're sitting there having this conversation with them. Yeah, they escaped the, the, the Taliban and all the evil that was experienced there in, in their home country. And they flee to the largest Muslim country in the world just to find some people who had found Jesus. And after a few years, and they were suicidal, and the suicide rate was huge in the refugee camps because they just felt like their life had no purpose. And all of a sudden, somebody brings in some light, some peace, some life, and begins to speak about Jesus amongst the people who could never even mention Jesus' name in their country, lest they be killed. And all of a sudden, peace got in. And they found out there's hope for the future. And they started making a decision to follow Jesus. Why? Because somebody... In a literal life and death scenario began to speak and use the opportunity they were presented in a refugee camp to speak about Jesus. 
That's an extreme situation. I don't know if it's probably not that extreme in your workplace or in your school or in your home. But we need the same Holy Spirit to give us the power to witness in our scenario that we would have the courage to speak in the opportunities God is presenting us. You're the ones who are going to go before the 80% that need Jesus. I'm praying that you carry that message clearly. You're the people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And we can't forget that as we move towards the future. Our action point for this talk today is simple. Make the most of your opportunities to speak about Jesus. Be determined. This is it. I'm going to make the most. This year, I'm going to make the most of the opportunities I have to speak about Jesus. I commission you to be ready through prayer, to be alert, to take those opportunities that await you. God, God loves this community and those in it so much. When you pray those dangerous prayers, like let me love people the way you love them, it's going to interrupt your life. Worth every second of the interruption. Be interruptible. Find some margin so that God could use you. 2 Timothy 4.2, I close with this, says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, I want to pray over you today. And I want to pray that God would give you the power to share clearly the grace that he's given you and shown you. I want to pray that God would uh, open up your life to his love in such a way that you comprehend it, not only for yourself, but for others. We'd realize, man, he really does have me around people who need my voice to speak out and to be, as a challenge, gracious and attractive. Not condemning, not brutal, not hateful, but gracious and attractive. God, I thank you. For 2020, here we are, we made it. God, you've put us each in unique places and unique communities so that we could be a voice for you so that we could be a people living as an example for you. And God, oftentimes we just take it by chance, but you're challenging us here to actually do foundational work for the opportunities that are going to come our way. You want us to, to be prayerful and alert. You want us to be ready to be clear in the way we're representing you through our life and through our words in the community. So God, here we are. I pray for those that are in, in that season of just going, okay, I'm, I'm going to try church out, but I'm, who is Jesus? God, I pray for those as they explore you here, that they would sense your grace, that they would sense your love. And if, if appropriate today, Lord, may, may, may those that are just approaching you from a distance be able to say, Okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I, I'm going to turn my life over to you because I want to experience transformation that makes me more aware of others around me and helps me understand your love for the world around me and the reason you put me on this planet in the first place to be Jesus with skin on and people around. 
God, I pray you would raise us up as a people that would lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus in greater ways than ever before. We give you all the praise for what you've done the last 10 years here at Open Life. But the best is yet to come. And we look to you for it in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me as we worship today? Allow God to seal in your spirit what he's inspired already in the talk. And Jaden will come and close us here in just a moment.